you know, the ideal the scenario, if we can modify or prevent the development of epilepsy, that will be, you know, the fantastic, the, uh, the fantastic, fantastic goal, the holy grail. But also not, not forgetting to, to do the cis modification once epilepsy is, is established. Fellow homothapians, welcome back to Epilepsy Sparks Insights. So we know that anxiety, depression and memory challenges are very common amongst those with temporal lobe epilepsy specifically. And of course, these can be exacerbated when seizures are not controlled. Well, scientist Pablo Casillas Espinosa has discovered that a drug for prostate cancer can remove not just the seizures in 75% of rodents with temporal lobe epilepsy, but also significantly improve their mood and cognitive function. It really is exciting stuff. And now let's meet our absolute star of the week, senior research fellow, scientist and lab head, Pablo Casillas Espinosa. Oh, hey, Terry, thanks so much for the opportunity to share what we do. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Um, so, well, I'm Pablo Casillas Espinosa. I'm a, I'm a trained clinician, but I work mostly in uh, doing basic uh, uh, epilepsy research. I mean, obviously, we don't like the term basic. We like to call it fundamental translation because it's not basic at all, I, I should say. And I'm based at uh, Monash University in Melbourne, Australia. Yeah, so we work a lot on, on, on uh, I think the main purpose of my group is finding novel disease-modifying uh, therapies in epilepsy. Um, and, you know, I, I suppose that we can talk about what, what disease modification, because that's, but you know, that's the whole idea of, 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 of the focus on my group. But, um, I mean, disease modification, the way, the, way, the way we see it is, is to modify the, the epileptogenesis process, to modify how epilepsy, first, you know, the ideal scenario, if we can modify or prevent the development of epilepsy, that would be, you know, the fantastic, the, uh, the fantastic goal, the holy grail but also not, not forgetting to, to do the cis modification once epilepsy is, is established, because I think that's more applicable for um, people that uh, you know, have epilepsy or have drug-resistant epilepsy. And the idea is finding uh, a novel uh, therapies or interventions that can sort of reverse that epilepsy process, that if you, have, you, know, if you are already diagnosed with epilepsy, you're taking a few ASMs, then potentially you can take a new intervention that you stop your ASMs and, and your seizures, but not only the seizures, but also other comorbidities, any uh, cognitive problems. Mental health. The idea, the, the idea of the cis modification is not only focusing on the seizures, but of focusing comorbidities. And, and again, mental health, uh, a lot of uh, stress and cognitive deficits as well, and, and card cardiovascular, hair bone health. So there's lots of, of things that we can sort of improve by, by, target, by using the cis modifying therapies. And, and sort of the idea is that of, of the cis modification is that you take an intervention and then it stops the process and, and ideally you should not be taking any more uh, medications because you don't want to have that compounding uh, um, um, adverse e e effects from taking one or two or two pills. So that's something we're sort of aiming for. Um, it may sound a bit too sci-fi, but we have great great sort of preclinical data and that's in that's in different animal models that that this is possible. And I think we, and, and, and something we're really excited is that we are now on, um, translating some of those results into a clinical trial. That is exciting. And so this, I understand from our chat before, this trial's uh, plans to last about five years. You want to get people from all around Australia involved. Um, and could you just tell us the interesting story, just going back a little, about from where this uh, idea for, for this treatment came from? Because I, I have reason to believe it wasn't necessarily targeting the brain initially. Is that right? 
Yeah, exactly. And, and I think something, you know, when, when we are sort of developing uh, drugs, like, you know, the path to, 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 to create a, a new drug, a new treatment, it can take, you know, 30 or so years. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes the compounds might be there. Uh, but it's just a matter of finding out whether they target any specific uh, pathophys- uh, pathophysiological mechanisms for, for epilepsy. And, and this was something interesting because it was a, 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 a drug that was developed by by Chris Hovens from the University of Melbourne. And, and the idea was to use that drug for, for prostate cancer. You know, as the study progressed, um, they find out that it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a drug. It's, it's called sodium selenate that targets for the phosphorylation of tau. And, you know, tau is everywhere in the brain. It, it rules lots of things that happen in the brain, not only neurodegenerative diseases such as um, Alzheimer's, Parkinson and, and others, but also there's evidence in, in, in drug-resistant epilepsy, particularly temporal lobe epilepsy. So that's how we sort of took that approach from going um, using a, a drug that affects mechanisms that are important in the brain, just to sort of taking that idea and, and, and see whether, what would happen in animal models. Um, and I think it's, I mean, it's interesting, completely different fields, but I think it's, it's, it's quite important because instead of going back another 30 years to try to find a drug that in May target tau, you already have it. So m- might as well, might as well use it. But obviously it's not, it's not as simple as that. There has been lots of, I don't know, probably like 10 years or so of studies that we have realized that, yeah, this, this drug seems to be fantastic for, for epilepsy. I don't think it it quite worked that well for, for, for prostate cancer, but now it seems that it, it's it's it just it's a great disease modifying agent for for uh, temporal lobe epilepsy. So a drug targeting going from bumhole to brain, and that's an interesting an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> great story, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah, remember that, everybody. If you want to tell the story to anybody, from bumhole to brain, and then talk about this this drug that is being developed. And, and so, well, actually, is this this drug a drug? Is it something? gene modifying, what exactly is it? And how, sim- simply put, how does it kind of work? Or may, may it work? Should yeah, look, look, so, so yeah, no, it, it's, it's interesting because it's a, it's a selenium compound, but obviously it's very different from any any selenium salts that you can get out there. Um, and and, and, and I, I, I suppose that uh, selenium, it's, it's, it's important in the body, but it can be highly toxic, but the way you sell it, sell in it it's more to a level in the brain, so 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 in the brain and, and in the whole body. So you can take a bit more 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 uh, sodium selenium and, and not having any nasty effects of of selenium um, and other selenium salts. So that's why it's important that if someone is listening to this, don't go and just buy selenium or, or selenite, which because selenite is actually to, uh, a, a tox, mo- much more toxic than than selenium. So it's it's really important that people just don't go and oh yeah, I'm just gonna get selenite or selenite over the counter. Obviously, it's it's very different, but I, I, one of the things that we we started looking at at, at sodium selenate was on the modification of the phosphorylation of tau. So you know, tau is a structural protein. It's present all throughout the brain. The neurons need needed for transport of of whatever happens in one side of the neuron to the other, communicating one neuron to another. So without tau, you know, you essentially can your brain cannot function. You cannot do any many simple things. Um, so because it gives a structure, if tau gets phosphorylated. Uh, uh, it sort of helps move things in a neuron. Imagine it's just like getting a a hand moving things from one side to the neuron to to another. It's just like a train sort of train track, if if you will. Um, And that's by uh, phosphorylation and dephosphorylation. But if tau gets too much from one thing or too much from the other thing, it stops functioning as anything in the body. 
Um, and that's what we thought it would it would um, it would be the main mechanism. I mean, it, it is one of the mechanisms that it, in, in, it changes the phosphorylation of tau. But when we look at all these sort of advanced molecular techniques that we look at different layers. So, so you know, your body, you have genes, your genes ha uh, generate RNA. The RNA tells uh, your cells to generate proteins and the proteins may, may, may also generate some metabolites of those proteins. So that's, you know, that's what happens in, in, in a normal body and in, in also in, in someone that is, has a, a disease. Um, and when we, we look at what, how selenate would work, we, we find out that it was not only tau, but it affected other really important uh, processes, including uh, metabolism and including other uh, cool receptors related to, to, uh, to modulation of, of, of uh, signals in the brain. So it seems that it's not only that, it's a more complex process. And maybe that's one of the reasons that we are actually seeing that it modifies epilepsy because it not only, I, n I never believed that there's going to be for this type of uh, epilepsy, like temporal lobe epilepsy, I never seen, uh, I, I never thought that a good, a single protein or a single gene would make, would be the, uh, the answer because it's a really complex disease. So maybe that's one of the reasons we have seen this, fa this fantastic effect of sodium cell in it. Amazing. And do you expect for this uh, treatment to or do, do you hope for it to reduce or eradicate seizure or extra extracurricular um, activity alone? Or do you expect it to improve a person's mental health, cognitive function, movement? What, what are your expectations or predictions? Yeah, so, so look, I, I think this is a really, really impo important question. And it's something that my, my group... Uh, has been working on because we honestly don't think that seizures is the main outcome. There's more in epilepsy than just seizures, and um, something that we have uh, learned from 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 this uh, clinical trial because something that we did with uh, Dr. Lucy Vivash from Monash University was to to look to talk to patients and and find out what at the what at the uh, the things that the, the the people with epilepsy actually care. And 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 surpri surprisingly for us, but unsurprisingly, I suppose for people with epilepsy, is that seizures is not always the first and most important thing, particularly for temporal for people with temporal lobe epilepsy. So, you know, it was cognitive deficits and other, um, uh, mental health problems and other adverse effects from anti-seizure medications. So, um, so so it's something that that's why my, my one of the reasons my lab is working on not only reducing seizures but also improving comorbidities um, and and when I talk about comorbidities like you said mental health uh, cardiovascular problems bone health and, and and others and so something when we when we did the, this so you know normally what you do with a drug like either you start in, in uh, with your medical chemist then you go to cells then you go to animal models and then lots of things with animal models and uh, small studies with, with uh, 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 patients and then large scale studies. So something that we did in on animal models and that we focus a lot is looking at comorbidities as well, because in animal models, you can evaluate, uh, it's, which is something you cannot do in cells, uh, at, at least yeah. at, at this stage in, in time. So we look at comorbidities, such as cardiovascular comorbidities, we look at uh, as well as bone health. And, and you, there's a specific test that you can use in animals to evaluate, uh, 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 for example, the depressive life behavior, uh, uh, anxiety-like behavior to see if they have any mood disorders or some measures of mood disorders in animals. I know it's not exactly the same as in humans, but it gives you a good measure and good understanding whether it may work uh, in, in humans or not, but also looking at cognitive deficits 
um, you know, it, it, you would see an animal, you put them on a test, and they it's very clear that the animals that have temporal lobe epilepsy that is drug resistant to treatment, they forget simple tasks. So you teach them how to do stuff. Um, and the animals don't do it. For example, yeah. it, you know, there, there's a studies on touchscreen. It's just like little iPads that you get them to do the touchscreen and then they receive something sweet. And then some, they don't, they don't remember that they had to touch to receive a, a, um, some stimulus. There's another study that we do that you put them to different objects and they're like really curious. They look at, oh, okay, this is, this is cool. This is new. And then if they have drug resistant, uh, uh temporal of epilepsy, they don't, realize that there's something new or they for 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 god maybe that there was something new so they so there's ways that you can assess cognition but anyway just going back to that study we we look at all those things um on sodium selenate in animals and we found that yes it it it, it stopped the animals to having seizures so you give them the treatment and then after a few what, what was that? I, I think it was about 12 weeks or so the um animals stopped having seizures altogether. So you, you did not have to give them any, any treatment at all in 70% of them, 75% of them. Did the other things that you just mentioned, so cognitive um, deficit, was that, you know, was their cognitive ability improved at all, their memory or anything like that? Yeah, so so their memory, the, the memory of the uh, the animals that received sodium selenate was as good as the animals that did not have epilepsy. So you could, you, you could not realize that, you would not see any difference between between this group. And in fact, when we were doing the studies, you were like, why? It seems that I have more, more of the animals that are not having epilepsy. Like it does, it just doesn't make sense. And then when we look at the data, because obviously we do that uh, uh, blinded. Um, so we, we, we don't want to bias or, or study. We realize, oh my God, so it's just improving um, their cognition all the way to animals that don't have epilepsy. Um, and it was like- And that. mood as well? Was there an, any, anything else? Yeah, so so depressive uh, light behavior, so that would be um, so for, for mood, mood disorders like depression. So it was not you could not see. It was just fantastic. The, the other thing that it was quite interesting because we are interested on this sort of telomere length, uh, a telomere length as a sort of surrogate market of whether a treatment is working or not. The animals that uh, um, that had selenate, their telomere length was comparable to the animals that did not have epilepsy. And I know that telomere has been um, shown in the past by others that it could be a measure of aging, but also could be a measure of a chronic disease. So it's something interesting that we're sort of trying to to, to um, investigate more and understand more. Maybe telomere is not only about aging, but also about your overall health condition, but we need to do more research because we don't understand exactly what's the mechanism about that. Um, but I think- oh, It's amazing. Yeah. No, no, honestly, I think it's a great story. And is this um, solely adults you're looking at, or children as well? Or yeah, so so we we, we are uh, focusing uh, on adults at the at this time, um, and that's normally the way you do it. Uh, if you have a yeah. drug that, that you know can be used for for children and adults, you go first with your adult population, and then if it works, we we realize the safety is great, and we can target um, 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 younger uh, people with with temporal of epilepsy. Thank you to Pablo for his true empathy for many with epilepsy. Uh, i.e. it isn't all about seizures, <laughs> plus his incredible research and results regarding temporal lobe epilepsy. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook or Instagram. And I'd love to hear from you if you have any thoughts about today's show. Please subscribe to Epilepsy Sparks Insights on your podcast app so that you will never miss the weekly episode. I'm Tori Robinson. Thanks for listening. <laughs>